say church, an entire body of Christ, I want us to truly clap our hands with all of our might and send up a voice of praise. Would you do that right now? Come on, every hand in the building lift or, or clapping, every voice lifted right now. Come on, I'm not talking about a cheesy clap of praise. I'm talking about let's clap, amen, until our hands are stinging. Let's give him the praise that he deserves. Lift up your voice, somebody. Magnify the Lord this morning. Come on. Somebody say, Jesus, you're awesome. Oh, I've come to press you in the spirit just a little bit this morning. Come on, we're not done. Let's clap our hands some more. Every hand in this place, let's clap and give Jesus some praise. Oh, I'm thankful, Lord, for your touch. You're worthy, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God. Amen. Now tell me that that, that does not feel good. Come on, tell me it does not feel good to magnify God and to blow some cobwebs off of your, your praise life and lift up Jesus together. Amen. Tell me that doesn't feel good, somebody. Oh, he's worthy of our praise. Amen. So good to be back back here. I love this church with all my heart. I love the people of this church, and uh, I'm thankful for what God is doing and uh, for what I do feel. Amen. I give your bishop high honor. Maybe not as high as I would have given him if he didn't do some trash talking, but yeah, you know what? It, it is what it is. The truth of the matter is, is this is what's happened. This, is, this has been the trend. Anytime that I would come and we would go fishing on the Saturday and also on a Monday, if I would whoop them on a Saturday, my honorarium check would diminish because they would start to feel bad. And so I have learned that if I just let them feel good, and then when they pay me on a Sunday night, then I come out Monday and I whoop their hides, and that's what's going to happen. So you will see the pictures on Facebook, and I love, I love your bishop. I love his wife, and give high honor to your pastoral staff and team, Brother Sister Brown. We love them and their family. Amen. Matthew chapter 14 beginning with verse 22. I'm going to read from there. Matthew 14, beginning with verse 22. If you have it, would you say amen? Amen. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. Somebody say the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. This is Matthew chapter 14, verse 24, but the, or 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Watch this. Tossed, the Bible says, with the, say it with me. Waves, Amen. Somebody say troubled waters. Tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were what? Somebody say it with me. They were troubled. Come on, say it again. They were troubled. And they said, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer, be not, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Somebody say, on the troubled waters. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the waters. He walked on the troubled waters. 
to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Amen. There it is, the word. The word that has captivated the people of this church that I can sense it upon you. That he was afraid. Afraid. An underlining spirit of fear, amen, is robbing the people of God. And I'm going to be as, 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 as open and as just lovingly bold as I can today. But you hear me, somebody's going to break free from a spirit of fear today. Somebody's going to break free from a spirit of fear. Amen. And when he saw the wind boisterous, when he saw the effects of the contrary wind, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased, and they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. This morning I want to preach with the help of God from this thought. Troubled waters and the supernatural. Troubled waters and the supernatural. Would you set your Bibles down with every hand? Would you raise every hand in this place to the Lord and ask him for just an anointing to sweep over this place this morning? Amen. To sweep over your mind. Come on, somebody. Lift up your voice. Pray. Jesus, right now I ask you by the authority of your word, by the authority that's in the name of Jesus, that God, you would sweep into this place. Let your will be done. See, see how quiet is it is, is right now? See how quiet it is right now? That ought not to be. Come on, somebody. I'm asking you to lift up your hands, lift up your voices, and I'm asking you to speak. Amen. Speak with your mouth. Speak authority. Ask God, Lord, I need a fresh touch, a fresh anointing. Come on, would you do that right now? Lord, sweep into this place, God. I take authority over every spirit of fear. God, every confusion, God, everything that's robbing in the church of God, the people of God, I'm asking for a de demonstration of the Spirit of God and power. Lord, we didn't come here to go through the motions. We didn't come here, Lord, to get dressed up to just walk in and play patty cake. But, Lord, we're hungry for a visitation of your Spirit. We need a fresh touch, a fresh anointing. And, Lord, today it's going to happen. Today, God, I speak a word of faith. Somebody's going to be delivered from a spirit of fear. Somebody He's going to be empowered by the Spirit of God that works inside of them. Uh, Lord, I'm asking, Lord, even now that there would be a stirring in the body of Christ. Uh, come on, somebody, clap your hands. Stir up the gift of God that is inside of you this morning. Come on, if you have the Holy Ghost, amen, you're the head and not the tail. If you have the Spirit of God inside of you, amen, uh, there should be a joy in your life. There should be an, an excitement in your life. Uh, clap your hands, everybody in this house, uh, and let's magnify the Lord again uh, one more time. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Before you're, you're seated, turn to somebody, give them an air high five, give them an air hug. Come on, just for a moment, if you have your mask on, pull down your mask and smile at somebody. Let them, let them see your pearly whites. That's it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. There's a saying that goes like this, and if you've ever heard it, I want you to, I want you to finish this saying with me, and maybe you have never heard it, and that's okay. But the saying starts out, and it says, perception is, anybody know Reality. Perception is reality. 
Perception and reality are in fact two different things, but yet they seem to be one and the same. Perception means the ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through your senses. But reality means this. It means the, it means the world or the state of things as they actually exist. So reality is reality no matter how you're perceiving reality. But yet it still stands. That way, the way you are perceiving, your perception can very well become your reality. I had a friend, I have a friend, he's a pastor in the south. His church has some land and he has put up two tree stands there. And he has uh, one that's actually a tripod blind and the other is a tree stand in the pines. And, and there he has his feeders and he was showing me around this church property and he was talking about these sets. And then when we got into the, tr the truck, he said this, you know what the name of the, the, the tree stand in the pine trees is called? And I'm like, well, no. He's like, that's called prayer room. I'm like, okay, yeah, he sounds great to me. See us hunters, I, I know there's probably not a lot of hunters here, but hunters, we have the, the ability. Is anybody a hunter? Come here, let me see your hands. No, I won't call anybody out, but somebody's tapping their husband on the shoulder or something. And if you're a hunter in this house, there's no need to be ashamed, okay? You might be the only one, but come on, stand up big and proud to be a hunter. But hunters like to name everything. We name our deer. We name them. I got two deer. I got a bear. I got a fish, two fish in my office, and I have names for all of them. The one deer is Captain America. The other deer is Mr. T. The, the one bear I have is called Yogi. The other one that's coming from the taxidermist is called Boo Boo. And my two fish, one is called Nemo and then Dory. But we name everything. And he's like, it's called the prayer room. You know what the other one is? It's called visitation. And then he says this, you know why? Because any time I want to tell the wifey or the church uh, that, that I want to hunt, I'll just say, hey, I'm going to go to the prayer room. Amen. Uh, and what he does is instead of going into the church building, he goes to the prayer room. And there he's 20 feet closer to God. Amen. And he is in the prayer room. Or he can say, I'm going to go on visitation. And, of course, he is being joking and funny about this, but the truth is that if he was to say, I'm going to the prayer room, the, the perception would be, oh, pastor's going to go peel the paint off the wall. He's going to tear down the gates of hell. He's going to pull down stronghold. He's going to the prayer room. But the reality is, is he's going to the prayer room with his camouflage on, his bow in his hand, and he's going to be 20 feet up a pine tree getting ready to harvest Captain America. And so you understand what I'm saying. If Pastor Bishop was to park his truck here at the, the church right by the door and left it there all day, your perception would be, man, Pastor's really getting in touch with God. But the reality is he probably just parked his truck here and walked down to Dunkin' Donuts and then slurping his, his frou-frou coffee drink that he likes to drink at Dunkin' Donuts. So perception isn't always reality. Come on, somebody. Perception isn't always reality. But your perception, the way you're seeing things, the way you're viewing things, can most definitely become your reality. 
And so there's a high emphasis and value in the scripture to make sure that our perception isn't blurring reality, but rather is the reality. To make sure that what we are perceiving is in fact the right way to be perceiving. Amen. And the Bible is loaded with examples of this very thing. Absolutely loaded with this idea of, of God's people being challenged with the battle between perception and reality. One example is that when the children of Israel... They were getting ready to cross over from the wilderness into the promised land. The Bible says that Moses sent out how many spies? He sent out 12 spies. And for 40 days they searched the land. And when they came back carrying the cluster of grapes on their shoulders between two men, they told Moses and all the people, they said, listen, this is exactly what God promised it to be. This is a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Amen. But then they said this. They said, but there are giants in the land, and the land is a, a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. There's walled cities. And then they continued to say, and we were grasshoppers in our sights, and so were we, what? In their sights. And so Joshua and Caleb, their perception was, these ten spies, that, listen, we saw all the giants and we just can't. We saw the giants and we're not able to do what God wanted us to do. We saw the obstacles and we just can't be who God called us to be. We just cannot do what God has called us to do. Why? Because what they saw brought fear into their hearts and they they said we were grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sights. But all of a sudden, two other men that went with them for 40 days, Joshua and Caleb, they rose up and said, wait, 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 wait a minute. No, 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 no. Listen, let us go up at once and let us possess the land. Why? Because we saw the giants. We saw the walled cities. And guess what? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Amen. We saw the same exact thing that you saw, but our perception wasn't being viewed through the eyes of human flesh. Our perception was being viewed through the eyes of God's Spirit. When God is on our side, who can be against us? Amen. When God is fighting your battles, amen, who can stand against you? And so their perception became their reality. But for Joshua and Caleb, they said, no, we saw the same thing. We saw the same land. And guess what? Through the hand and the eyes of God, we are able Guess what? If you're focusing on the giant, uh, guess what you're going to see? Uh, you're going to see the giants. Uh, if you're focusing on the turmoil, guess what you're going to see? Uh, you're going to see the turmoil. If you're focusing on the fear, guess what you're going to see? Guess what your reality uh, is going to be? It's going to be giants, uh, turmoil, fear, doubt, worries, and anxieties. But if you can focus on God, uh, amen, uh, what is your giant going to be? It's going to be God. Come on, somebody in the church of God right now is being challenged with what is reality. The reality is that God is still on the throne. God is still in control. God still has all power. God still has all might. But wherever your focus is, that's what your reality is going to be. And I choose today, amen, to focus on Jesus. I choose today to make sure that what I am seeing, my perception, is a spirit-led perception. So your focus will determine your reality. In our opening scripture, Jesus sent the disciples to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the multitudes. As the disciples were sailing across the lake, they were met with what the Bible says was contrary winds. 
The wind was against them. The wind was blowing in the opposite direction. Matthew 14, 24. Excuse me. For those that weren't here Friday night, um, that is not the COVID cough, I promise. I'm on an antibiotic and chest steroids because before COVID, there was this thing called allergies, and it is allergy season, and it was whooping my tail. Amen. So bear with me. Matthew 14, 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves. For the wind was contrary. We experienced that Friday on the lake. Mark 6, 48 says this, and Jesus saw them toiling and rowing for the wind, read it with me, the wind was contrary. John 6, 18, and the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So the contrary winds were troubling the waters. The contrary wind had made the sea tumultuous. This morning, I want to speak to the church about the days that we're living in right here, right now. Because we are living in a day like never before. We are living in a day where the waters of this world are troubled. The entire population of the United States of America and this entire world is feeling the repercussions of troubled waters. It's been just over a year since the United States was shut down because of COVID-19. And in that year, we have experienced trouble like never before. Riots. Cities burning. How many ever thought that that would happen on our great soil? Highways shut down. Looting. Crime escalating. Suicide going out the roof. Political turmoil like never before. Corruption like never before. Accusations like never before. Literally half our nation being divided right down the middle. Hatred and racism and violence and ungodliness like never before. Are you living in the same United States of America that I'm living in? Come on, somebody. We're living in a time that we have never seen before. Troubled waters. And I say this because the church is sailing on uncharted never-before-seen waters. And if there's ever a day, hear me, where our perception, what we are seeing, must line up with what spiritual reality is, it is today. If there's ever a day where the church needs to hear the voice of God, Hear what the Spirit's saying and make sure that our vision, our perception uh, is geared and tied to the Spirit, uh, not to the troubled waters. It is the day that we're living in uh, right here, right now. In the Scripture, I see several focus points that will help us to navigate the troublesome times and the troubled waters that we are all facing today. The first thing I see in the Scripture that gives us guidance is Jesus' disciples, as they were on their way to accomplish what he told them, as they were en route, they were confronted or met with contrary winds, winds of opposition, winds of hindrances. Does anybody know what it's like to face, face contrary winds? And I think it would be safe to say, Bishop, that in life, in your walk with God, 
It's not a matter of if contrary winds are coming, but a matter of, I said it's not a matter of if contrary winds are coming, it's a matter of when they are coming. Amen. This world, if you're going to live for Jesus, you're going to have to fight for your walk with God. This world is not Christian friendly. Hello, somebody. This world is not Jesus friendly. This world is contrary to your faith and to your walk with God. I've had some prodigals come back from after, after being away from the Lord for a long time. They're prodigals, and it didn't take them very long at all, Sister Tryon, to remember, hey, that if I'm going to be who God's called me to be, if I'm going to walk in the Spirit, it's going to be a fight. Why? Because you have an adversary, amen, that is contrary to your walk with God. Amen. Let me point out to you today in the scripture that when Jesus sent his disciples to the other side, it was evening time. The night watch was broken up originally into three night watches from the Jews, but they had adopted the Roman, the Roman time, time frame later on, and now it was broken up into four watches. The fir- fourth watch of the night is when Jesus came to them. The first watch started at 6 p.m. and went to 9 p.m. The second watch went from 9 to midnight. The third from midnight to 3, and then the fourth watch of the night was from 3 a.m. to about 6 a.m. And it was evening time that Jesus sent the multitudes and his disciples away. So it was somewhere in between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. The lake was five miles wide, and at this point, according to the facts that the book of John gives us, they were only three-quarters of the way across the lake, a trip that would normally take a few hours. They started somewhere between 6 to 9, and now it was the fourth watch of the night from 3 to 6 a.m. in the morning, and the Bible says that they were still toiling while rowing. They were still fighting the contrary winds. The point I'm making is this, is that the, the thing that's going to help us through troubled times is if we can adopt the mentality of the disciples, and that is this. I don't care if the winds are contrary and the waters are troubled. I'm going to get to where Jesus has called me to be, and I'm not going to stop fighting to get to where Jesus has called me to be. Amen. These guys literally fought all night long. They resisted all night long. Contrary winds, hear me today, contrary winds will push you off your course. Contrary winds will try to steer you away from your destinations. They will steer you ever so slightly. Amen. Uh, And it might not seem like a big deal at first, uh, but if these contrary winds, uh, if they would not have fought them, uh, contrary winds can blow you off course by three degrees. uh, And over the journey of five miles, uh, if you don't fight those winds, guess what? Uh, You're going to completely miss your destination. Uh, You're going to completely miss uh, your course. You know what we saw in a COVID year? I mentioned it a little bit Friday night. Uh, you know what we saw? We saw those that were on the fringes in their walk with God. They just fell by the wayside. Uh, but we saw those that were strong and mighty in their walk with God. They got even stronger. They became even more determined. I just felt the, the Holy Ghost come over me. Uh, they felt even more determined uh, to fight for what they knew was right. Uh, when See, here's the difference between uh, somebody that stopped fighting and somebody that started fighting. Uh, I, I heard it all over whenever pastor 
pastors had to shut down churches uh, and go to online services. Uh, those that are on the fringes, uh, they would roll out of bed at 1030. Uh, they would grab a cup of coffee in their PJs. Uh, they would walk to the living room. Uh, they would turn power on, uh, and they would get there just in time to hear the bishop preach. Uh, they would want not be involved. Uh, they wouldn't text their pastor. They wouldn't get involved in the service. Uh, they just went through the motions. Uh, but those that were strong and mighty in the Lord, uh, they got up at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, they had family breakfast. Uh, they went to the prayer room in their living room. Uh, when the worship team was worshiping, uh, they were dancing in their living room. Uh, they were texting Bishop while he's preaching. Uh, nice message. Great job. Come on, Holy Ghost. Uh, there was a big difference between the two. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, don't lose your fight. Uh, amen. Your walk with God uh, is worth fighting for. Uh, amen. Your prayer life uh, is worth fighting for. Come on. Your worship life uh, is worth fighting for. Now's not the time to allow contrary winds uh, and waves that are pushing you back uh, to dictate your walk with God. Now's the time to be on fire and be passionate about your walk with God. Come on, I need some Holy Ghost-filled people to clap your hands to the Lord right now. I need those that are on fire. I need you to stir that fire here this morning. Come on, we need to get to where God wants us to go. And we're not going to do that playing patty cake service today. Let's stir up the gift. Come on, let's flow in the spirit. Let's get out, amen, of our comfort zone. Let's brush the coals off of our walk with God. And let's touch his throne today. It started out, it started out, Brother Mountain, with just people saying, you know what, we can miss one online service, it's not a big deal, we can just miss one time at church, we can just miss one prayer meeting, and before they knew it, they haven't even been to church since COVID started, amen, I have seen this, I have talked to pastors all over the United States, and they're saying the same thing, those that are cold, they have died, but those that were on fire, they're stronger than they've ever been. Now's not the time to die in your walk with God. Come on, I'm going to preach and stir you. If you can go to Walmart, my God, you should be able to come to church. If you can get into Dunkin' Donuts, my God, you should be able to come to church. If you can go to the grocery store, my God, you should be able to come to church. What has happened to us? What has happened to our passion? What has happened to our zeal? What has happened to our love for God? Come on, somebody. No, 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 no. See, what we're facing is this. Uh, we're facing the lukewarm making excuses. Uh, amen. You're making excuses for your apathy. Uh, you're making excuses for your complacency. Uh, well, I'm not going to have that in my home. And guess what? I know the heartbeat of your bishop. Uh, he doesn't want that here. Uh, he doesn't want complacency. Uh, amen. He wants somebody to be on fire for Jesus. You might be wearied. You might be tired. Your faith might be drained. Amen. But when I give this altar call, I'm telling you, the presence of the Lord is going to move in here. And he's going to begin to stir. And he's going to begin to strengthen. So when I give this altar call, if you're weary, amen, you need to get up to this altar. Amen. And you need to find a place to pray.
You need to find a place to get into a spirit. Oh, but there's not a room. Yes, there is. There's room over there. There's room right here. There's room. See, we can go to Walmart and we won't think nothing of the stranger brushing by us, walking by us. But then when it comes to God in his house, we begin to make excuses. Now, see, what has to happen is God's got to reach down and touch the focus of your eyes. He's got to change what you're focusing on. Because what you're focusing on has done become your reality. And that's why, that's why for over a year there are people in here in this building uh, that you haven't been able to get out and have the joy of the Holy Ghost. Uh, there's people in this building, uh, you haven't had tears run down your face uh, when the presence of God touched you for an entire year. Why? Because all you're focusing on is the fear. All you're focusing on is the negativity. All you're focusing on is the troubled waters. second thing I want to point out that will help this church, that will help the body of Christ to navigate the troubled waters is that the disciples were unified in the boat. I've read this scripture a thousand times. There was a time where I'd read the New Testament through two times every month. I did that for years. I've read this scripture so many times. And then this year God spoke to me and showed me Mark chapter 6 verse 48. And the Bible says this. Mark 6 48. It says basically and he, Jesus, watch this. He saw, say the next word with me. He didn't just see Peter and John up there fighting the waves by themselves. Jesus looked out and he saw them, all of his disciples, in the boat together, rowing together, fighting the waves together, fighting the contrary wind together. Now's the day that the devil would love to isolate you. Yep. Cause you to be an island, cause you to be in your own little rowboat rowing by yourself. That's the day. This is the day. But I'm telling you that the answer for the church of God is not to isolate yourself, but it's to unify yourself with the body of Christ. It's to make sure that we are following the lead of our bishop and our pastor, and we're following their lead, and we're saying, you know what, lead us through this time. We're in the boat together. Amen. We're not going to be divided. There has never been a day of division like today. Amen. Whether you like to wear masks or you don't like to wear masks, whether you like the vaccination or you don't like the vaccination, whether you voted for Trump or whether you voted for Biden, it doesn't matter. When you walk through these doors of this church, we are now the church of God where Jesus is on the throne. And we're not going to divide the body of Christ because of the things and the turmoil that's happening in this world. Now's the day to stay in the boat together. Love your brother if he wears a mask or if he doesn't wear a mask. Love your sister whether they're vaccinated or not, whether they're Trump or Biden. It doesn't matter. When you come into the house of God, we're a unified church and we're going to row together. We're going to unite together. Why? Because you are my brother and you are my sister. Yeah. 
here's the scoop. We can't control what this world is doing out there. But you mark it down. You can control what happens in here. Amen. You can, you can set the tone of the climax in the boat. Amen. And this is what I'm coming to preach. Keep the chaos out of the boat. Keep the hatred out of the boat. Keep the turmoil out of the boat. Keep the racism out of the boat. Come on, Sonny. Keep the division out of the boat. We are the church of God. We don't belong to this world. This is the day that Jesus, amen, is trying to get his church to unify so we can reach the troubled world. One of the signs of the time, keep praising, help me pray. Come on, keep the climax, the climax here where it needs to be, amen. The Bible says nations shall rise up against nations. In other words, that, that, that nation, I think it's ethnos, means race against race. The last thing the church of God needs to do right now is to get caught up in all the agendas that are out there in this world. And divide the, the body of Christ due to the color or the nature of skin. I'm so proud that God blessed the hide off of our church. You know why? Because there was an apostolic family, a grandma and grandpa that had come from Philadelphia and moved downtown. They saw our apostolic church. They came once. Then they came back. And guess what? They are, they're, they're blacks. And they came back. And I'm telling you what, when I get to preaching and she starts to preaching with me, amen, she reminds me of my sissy right here. I slipped up beside her in worship and said, sissy, it's so good to see you again. And it is so good to hear that voice worshiping again. Amen. When I get to preaching and the back to like, like things start waving uh, guess what the next week they brought uh, their son the next week they brought their daughter the next week you know what we had over or about right around 18 to 20 people amen that were not whites amen but they were blacks uh, and they came to our church and I said thank you Jesus uh, because I do not just want uh, a one nation church amen I want all nations uh, Jesus didn't come from one uh, one racist group or one group amen he came to die for everybody and if there's ever a day you better guard your spirit uh, against that spirit of racism uh, that is robbing our world guard your heart for that from that here let me give you a picture of heaven this is what i want my church to look like pastor revelation 7 9 after this i beheld and lo a great multitude no man could number watch this of all nations somebody say all nations all kindreds people tongues and they stood before the throne and before the lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands uh, and they cried with a loud voice saying salvation uh, to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb uh, again verse 9 says all kindreds uh, all tongues uh, all nations uh, all ethnic groups amen all of them uh, were around the throne worshiping uh, amen Jesus Christ uh, that is what church should look like uh, you know what when we have church uh, the troubled world out there they should be able to walk in uh, and see something different about us uh, we don't need to be caught up in that mess uh, caught up in the troubled waters uh, we need to be a picture of heaven uh, we need to be a little taste of heaven when we come into here so that anybody, whether they're, they're a Republican or a Democrat, uh, amen, pro-life or not, uh, it doesn't matter. When they come in here, they can feel a unified church uh, and they can get a taste of what heaven's like. And so they were unified. Somebody say unified. 
Now check this out, and I'll bring this to a close. It was in the midst of these troubled waters that Jesus came walking on the sea. One version said he's going to pass his disciples by. Just keep letting them struggle. I mean, that's what, that's what masculine friends do to each other. I was fishing one time, and all of a sudden, pastor tried and caught a fish, and next thing you know, the thing slaps me upside the body as he throws it at me, and it goes underwater. We pick on each other. And Jesus, here he is. He sees them toiling. <laughs> he keeps walking. But what happened was this. When his disciples saw him, what, did, what happened? What did they think? They said, it is a spirit. Why? Well, look at all the trouble. Look at the turmoil. Certainly, it's a spirit. And when fear was interjected into the picture and the disciples experienced fear, what did Jesus say? Stop, hey, it's me. Why? Because God hath not given us the but love, power, and of a sound mind. And some of you have been robbed from love, power, and of a sound mind because of fear. And as soon as fear was placed into the picture, Jesus stopped that nonsense in the bud. Nope, hey, it's me. What Jesus did was he had to reach back out, my friend, and he grabbed a hold of his, his disciples' focal lens and adjusted it. And what appeared to be a spirit, after Jesus adjusted their focus, they could see what reality was. Reality was it was Jesus. Reality was Jesus was walking on the water, demonstrating to his disciples that I am not bound by the troubled waters, but in fact I'm in control of the troubled waters. See, there's two realms that we're going to live in. And we see these two realms here. We're going to live in either the natural realm or the supernatural realm. See, natural realm is, and one, one time I was walking on a, a stage and I about fell off the stage because I didn't realize the step was there. In outer space, I would have just walked off and I'd continue to float in through the sky. Why? Because there's no gravity. But in this world, there's a law called the law of gravity. I'm seeing that effect on my love handles, my double chin, as gravity is pulling my facial features down. Come on, somebody. Don't act like you're not fighting gravity. Somebody give me a witness. <laughs> the natural realm caused his disciples to row and to fight the waves. But here Jesus comes walking on the water unaffected by the natural realm. Demonstrating to his disciples that there is another realm that is available There, there, there's a, another realm that's available to you. And it's called the supernatural. 
See, during this entire time, we've been hearing this uh, as they've been trying to condition society. This is the new norm. The new norm. This is the normative. This is the new norm. Uh, you know what? Whether or not they're going to keep masks on us all our lives, I don't know. But I'm telling you that Jesus, uh, in the midst of troubled waters, came walking by, uh, and he was introducing to the disciples uh, what was going to be the new normative. Uh, you're not going to live your life in the flesh, be what you can see with your eyes. You're going to walk in the spirit. Amen. You're going to be, there's a day where you're going to be spirit-led. See, that's what the new normal should be, a spirit-led church. Again, their perception was off. And Jesus knew that if I don't change the focus of their perception, their perception is going to become their reality. Here's what happens. As Peter has a revelation, and again, I, I'm not... When I say revelation, I'm just saying a light bulb moment. He has a light bulb moment. A moment that we need to get here in this church, and I need to keep in my life. And the light bulb moment was this. Are you ready? Hey, if Jesus can walk on the troubled waters, then I can walk on the troubled waters. If Jesus is unaffected by the troubled waters, then I can be unaffected by the troubled waters. And the light bulb goes bing in Peter's mind, and all of a sudden Peter speaks out and says, Lord, if that's really you, then bid me to come. And Jesus says, come on, Bubba, get out of that boat. And Peter jumps out of the boat, and Peter begins to walk on water, walk in the supernatural, do what no man has ever done. Why? Because he shifted his focus from the troubled waters to where Jesus was, and he had that light bulb moment. Jesus doesn't want me to live in trouble. Jesus doesn't want me to live in fear. So you know what? I've got to focus on Jesus and I got to get to where Jesus is. I had one lady call me up. said, Pastor, you need to be a voice. and You need to have all the people of God, as many as you can, on Easter morning, I think it was at 11 a.m., to go outside and rebuke COVID. You know what my reply was? Well, sissy, why would I do that when I feel it's the will of God? I'm telling you, there's been enough prayer to eradicate every disease and sickness on this earth. But yet here we are. Maybe, just maybe, what is happening in our world is just the Lord stirring some things up, amen, uh, to try to get his church out of their little boat of safety, to try to wake their church up, amen, to get us to walk in the supernatural. Maybe, just maybe, God is using this turmoil to do, do the miraculous, amen, the, to let the supernatural guide his church. See, what you don't know is while you come to church and you miss church and you, you don't come and you come with an attitude, what you don't know is there's people going to hell that God loves. And there's people that are going to hell that have been praying, God, just send me the answer, and you're the answer, but you're so caught up in the trouble that you're, on a, you're ineffective. In the greatest moment, the church is being lulled to sleep and sucked into the vortex of the troubled waters of this world. And the greatest opportunity, I feel the Holy Ghost, the greatest moment that you have to ever win a soul is right now. 
right now. I told the church on Friday. God spoke to me and said that he's going to give us a harvest of backsliders back in June. By January 1st, we had, over, we had 35 backsliders come back through the doors of our church, back into the church. They're all not connected. I'm not, I'm not saying we have 35 new people, but guess what? At least 15 to 20 of them are connected, and they're in discipleship, and I'm connected with other ones that, that haven't committed yet, and we're connected. You know what that tells me is there's a stirring out there in the community. There's a stirring in this world. God has been shaking people. God has been working on people, and guess what? If the church is caught up being an echo of this world, you're going to miss what Jesus is trying to do. Amen. Uh, he's trying to focus our eyes so that we can see what reality actually is. But we'll get caught up in all the fear. We'll let the spirit of division get into our heart. We'll let the spirit of racism creep into our lives. So Peter jumps out of the boat. He does the impossible. He's no longer affected by the troubled waters. But then the Bible says this, when he saw, somebody say he saw, when he saw the winds boisterous. Sister Tryon, she emanates Jesus, so we're going to use her as the example of Jesus. I'm coming out of the boat and I'm walking to Jesus. He's my focus. Focusing on Jesus. And as I am focusing on Jesus, I'm walking in the supernatural. I'm not affected by the troubled waters. But when he saw the winds boisterous, he saw the effects the wind was having on the lake. His eyes went from Jesus to trouble. In the moment... He shifted his focus. What he was focusing on became his reality. And the Bible said he began to sink. If you are driven by the spirit of fear and you are driven by the turmoil of this world, you are sinking. You're sinking. And you're struggling. And your faith is weak. You haven't been in the presence of Jesus for, for who knows how long. You're full of fear. You're full of anxieties. You're full of the what ifs. You're governed by the spirit of fear that is coming from the troubled waters. And if I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost today, the answer this morning for this entire church, praise team join me, the answer for this church is to get your focus back on Jesus. To get your focus back on Jesus. Let's all stand. One of my friends, Luke Levine, he said this in a post. He said, don't be an echo. What our world and our culture needs is the church to offer alternatives to its woes, its problems. 
not to just be an echo of the problem. It is easy to be an echo. But Jesus is calling us to be the answer. The answer. Now, how many is going to be honest with me this morning as I ask this question? How many will lift your hands in true, open transparency and honesty? How many of you have struggled with the spirit of fear during this COVID year? How many of you have let fear guide you rather than faith guide you? And how many of you have had a hard time keeping your focus on Jesus, not the trouble? Bishop, I don't have the answers for everybody. I don't, I don't even want to know where everybody's at, not because I don't care. But this I do know is that when your focus is on Jesus, you're okay. I got about four people to help. I said when your focus is on Jesus, you're okay. I said that when you're focused and you're, you're focused and you're looking at Jesus, your reality will be led by him and his reality, not the troubles of this world. Sister Tryon, I want you to lift up your voice. Today I preached a challenging message, but a message that we need to hear. And I'm calling for this entire church. I want to blanket the entire church. I get it. Not everybody's going to respond. But I'm calling for this entire church to come up to this altar and find a place where your focus is back on Jesus. I'm calling for you to come out of your seat, to reach up to the Lord, to allow his spirit, to allow his presence to wash back over you. See, there it is. Look at me. There's the hesitance. I don't know about going up there. There's room up here. There's room back there behind the drummer. There's room right up here that will keep you six feet apart. See? There's the excuses that try to rob people. Come on, we need to shake ourselves this morning. When's the last time you've allowed the Spirit of God to pour over your heart, over your mind, and bless you and strengthen you? Now's the morning to do that. Amen. Get your focus upon Jesus. Praise team, lift up your voice. Take us into this song. In the name of Jesus, ministry, help me to pray. Come on now, cry out to God. Don't be a stranger to his presence. Come on, touch his throne. Oh, come on, let his presence renew you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, touch and
Come on, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm not going to be bound by the spirit of fear. flow through you right now. Come on, somebody, pray like you mean it right now. Come on, pray like you mean it. Let the Holy Ghost flow through you right now. Come on, let the renewing of His Spirit flow through you right now. Come on, somebody, press in the Spirit right now. I need my intercessors to pray with me. I need my intercessors to help call upon the name of the Lord with me. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Lord, set your people free today from that spirit of intimidation, from the spirit of fear, God. God, let us see you anew and afresh. Let us see you anew and afresh right now. God, let my focus be upon you.
come on, I wonder what would happen if you begin to just clap your hands to the Lord and declare his victory. Come on, worshipers. Come on, clap your hands and let's worship all over this place. Everybody in the boat, lift up your voice. Those that are praying, continue to pray. Come on, I can't hear you sing. Lift up your voice. Clap your hands and let's create that atmosphere right now where his spirit, amen, can move. One second here. Sorry to cut you off, sissy. Everybody that feels like you're on fire for God, let me see your hand. Let me see your hands. I want every one of you to come up to this altar, spread out, and I want you to worship with whatever song Sister Tryon's leading us in to sing. What that means is you're clapping your hands and you're singing the song as loud as you can. Come on, are you on fire? Those that raised your hands, where are you at? Come up here, and I want you to create an atmosphere of worship. Come on, where's Sam at? Did Sam, Sam get out of that booth? Come up here and help me worship. Come on. What you're saying is, you know what? I'm not going to let the fire turn into coals, but I'm going to keep waving and fanning the flames. Amen. Go ahead, Sister Tron. Take us back into those songs. Worshippers, worship. Dancers, dance. Singers, sing. Come on, with all your might. Somebody get some worship in this place. Come on, we're apostolic. We know what it's like to worship. We know what it's like to have a breakthrough in praise. Get your eyes back on Jesus today. Come on, that's it, Sam. Help me out.
on, somebody need to let it, needs to let it flow. Come on, be loosed in Jesus' name. Come on, be set free in Jesus' name. Oh, in the precious name. Come on, somebody. That's it, sissy. Go ahead. Right there, knelt down in your chair. Come on, have a Holy Ghost fit. I've been walking around. As I'm walking around, I can hear people not quite under their breath, but just at that volume, speaking in tongues. I'm telling you, let the Holy Ghost flow. Not a little trickle. Come on, let the Holy Ghost flow. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. Come on, let the Holy Ghost well up out of you.
Let's clap our hands to Jesus right now, thanking the Lord for what a wonderful work he has done, for what he has started in this place. Hallelujah. This is only the beginning and something has been released into the atmosphere that we're going to maintain. Amen. And continue to fan the flames of this fire that is burning right now. And God is going to just go ahead and begin to give us that harvest and that revival that he's been promised. And amen. 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 We believe it. If you want to continue to worship, just go ahead. If you need to get out of here, you're dismissed in Jesus name. If you want to linger, that's all right, too. Um, There's a lingering atmosphere and spirit of the Lord that is here. And if you want to linger a little longer then that's all right, too. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed if you need to be in Jesus name. Don't forget future leaders class at six o'clock tonight for those of you ages 12 to 40. Again, uh, future leaders, if you're interested, please be here 6 o'clock tonight. You don't want to miss it. Amen. God bless you. And Spanish service at 6 o'clock as well. God bless you.